Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we got Chuck. What up? We got Kaylee. Hello. And we have Jared. What's good? Today we're going to be talking about trauma, which is, uh, I think a lot of people go through trauma. And so the first thing I want to talk about, just kind of what it is, mm-hmm. you know, like what is trauma? Because I don't think trauma is necessarily um, going to your favorite chicken place and <laughs> they sell out of chicken and oh my gosh, it was such a bad day. It was such an awful day, you know? But I think trauma, from what I understand and from what I've read, it's something that happens that holds a painful experience in your life that um, affects your psyche in a way that's not normal and is an outside influence. And then it, so therefore, this experience that was really traumatic changes the way you view the world, changes the way you view people. Um, it's basically like you're driving, you get T-boned. You guys know what T-bone means, right? Uh, and it's a sideswiping event that use a car accident as an example. If that happens, uh, you're probably going to be traumatized and fearful of, uh, cars, mm-hmm. of being in a car, of when somebody's driving you in a car. Whereas before that happened, you may not have necessarily looked so deep into something like that. Yeah. You know? Does anybody want to add on to that? That's what I am understanding. So when I looked it up, um, I found there's four different types of trauma. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when I saw these four, I was like, first off, I didn't think, like I knew trauma and I was like, okay, like like a trauma accident or a trauma victim. And then when I started looking up the research for it, I was like, wow, there's so much more to it. Um, So the four types, the very first type is a single incident trauma, which are unexpected and come out of the blue. So like what you were talking about, like a car accident. Mm -hmm. And they they list a bunch of different ones on this website that I found. Um, Type two trauma is complex trauma described as trauma, which may have been experienced as a part of childhood or early stage development. So Mm -hmm. childhood trauma. Um, And then where the other one go? Boom, boom, boom. The um, historical trauma. So this trauma is characterized by physiolo- physicalology. How do you spell it? How do you say that? I can't read very Physiological. well. Psychological. Psychological. Psychological or emotional <laughs> difficulties, which can affect, affect different um, communities, culture groups, and generations. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is they call it little t trauma. Little t trauma is less... Um, permanent and dis- uh, discussed less often. Little T traumas are experiences which are a part of the everyday life um, that we experience every single day. And when I read that, again, it kind of like, it helped me get ready for this kind of podcast and just this talk in general, because I've always looked at trauma as the one big, at, like you get in an accident and like, that's trauma. But there's so mm-hmm. much more behind it, just even like the little day like accidents or little day things um, that we experience that cause and effect on every single one of our lives whether we realize it or not yes and i think even the childhood one is a very Mm -hmm. big one because those are your forming years right you're figuring out who you are how things work um and so when something happens like that your view on how things work is completely skewed Mm -hmm. and i think what we don't realize a lot of times is we all carry those things into our adulthood and we think just because time has gone by or something uh of that sort we think you know what we're good we're good to go this is how it's always supposed to be and i think that's where we kind of get ourselves into this circle this circular pattern of uh not growing out of it and not healing. I don't, I don't want to say growing out of it because it's not anything like that, but it's like a healing, yeah, an actual healing of it. And so 
um, that one especially. And then even when you're a kid, I think the little T traumas, the ones that aren't so um, huge as when mm-hmm. you're an adult, those little T traumas when you're a kid, though, it's completely it is a different. Deal when you're a kid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In that frame of reference, at least. Yes. Yeah. And so there's all these different things going into this, right? And just with how the brain works and how the different paths of healing. So it's just such a broad conversation that takes a lot of knowledge. And so we're going to do our best <laughs> to kind of sift through this conversation. And I think s- go ahead. Um, it's interesting because I think in, in 2021, I almost said 2020, <laughs> in this day and age, um, the way our culture and climate is going, I think is more encouraging of talking about past traumas or mm. just even what trauma is and yeah. how it really does affect every single one of us in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. The experiences we had growing up and, and the ones we have daily shape who we are. That's just a fact. Um, I think about how maybe our parents' generation um, is just maybe less... Um, didn't talk about those things so much. It wasn't as okay mm-hmm. to talk about your problems or, you know, what you experienced as a child or why you are the way you are, why your actions are, why you've been hurt. Um, almost as if there's this toughness or this, um, you gotta, you gotta pull through it. You gotta do yeah. it <laughs> and not, you know, leave your emotions behind mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, Cause I just see on, social media and just kind of in groups, the older generation and not characterizing all of it, but just yeah. in general, the older generation being like thinking the younger one is soft, so to speak, mm-hmm. or you're not allowed to talk about your feelings or that's, that's not traumatic. Like trying to define what trauma is for someone else. Um, and maybe wanting to, maybe cause they weren't given the same spaces that we necessarily are mm-hmm. today, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think it's interesting because I see a lot of, well, that's not traumatic. Like that doesn't, that's not a big deal. Or why are you being so like immature about it? Or, you know, I don't know. Oh, whatever. What say you? Um, I don't know. I think that's interesting. Yeah, no, I think 100%. I think that's just like you like you said, I think it's just different generations. Yeah. And even like the way that I was raised with my pops, like he would always like when something bad happened, it wasn't like, oh, how, like how how does that make you feel? Or I went through a, <laughs> yeah. a breakup in high school or junior high and it's like, oh, like what'd she do to you? You know, it's like it was nothing like that. It was just like, all right, we'll get over and find another one. Like it was there was no <laughs> Jared's face right now. Yeah, I, I definitely still have that kind of similar kind of mindset but yeah i was still i was raised very much the same and even like how kaylee was saying like uh kind of like labeling it mm-hmm. like i definitely know that there are tr- people who have gone through traumatic you know incidents and i know i have gone through traumatic incidents but like the old old school kind of mentality that i've been ingrained in my mind is like sometimes like saying that i've had trauma i'm like oh i don't mm-hmm. even like saying that because it makes it seem like it's a really big deal and there's a lot of things i've gone through you know, big deals at the time. And I will never tell somebody like, Hey, you know what, Chuck, that thing you went through, it's not that big of a deal. Cause it's minimi- minimizing somebody's yeah. problem. And mm-hmm. that's not right. Like you can't do that to other people. It's really messed up. So it's just with that weird sort of thing where like very much, yeah, I grew up and it's like, Oh, well, all right, well you, you got to work through things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird to kind of sort out now that, you know, I'm this adult. 
Yeah, that's the, that's the scary part where I think as kids, when we grow up and we don't talk about certain traumas or we don't talk about certain emotions and feelings that we deal with, when we get into the later half of our year, or later half of our life and we're married and we have kids and stuff gets brought up, it's like <laughs> we don't know how to function. Like mm-hmm. we don't know how to work through those emotions and work through those communication moments between our wives and between our husbands. And I think that's why we see so many issues that arise through marriages and through all those things. And that's where we need counseling, which I'm not discrediting counseling. I think everybody needs counseling, whether you're good or not. Oh, um, yeah, dude. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Ooh, jinx. Um, <laughs> you owe me a soda? Twinsies. So, <laughs> so that actually means you can't talk for the rest of the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, I kind of forgot where I was at. Oh, but going back to just like the, the whole marriage side of things. And it's like when we hold back those traumas or we hold back those feelings and those emotions and not bringing them up, it, I feel like in a way it can even cause more damage. Or Absolutely. Let me say it like this. Like it adds more damage mm-hmm. on top of the trauma because the trauma is mm-hmm. already like significant. And if you are out there and you have like, like sexual trauma or, or trauma that has really, really just messed with you. Like it's a huge deal. And we obviously want you to go talk to somebody about it. Cause if the longer we don't hold, or the longer we hold on to those things, just the deeper the wound it's going to like create. Yeah. That's one thing that I read through Sigmund Freud, the man, right. But, uh, he came to the conclusion that the longer you wait to address it, the mm-hmm. worse it, yeah. the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a scary uh, feeling, though, especially, yeah, for t- um, people who have experienced sexual trauma or maybe uh, parental neglect as a kid, like mm-hmm. extreme parental neglect or something like that. Or maybe you grew up in a family where, like, the whole neighborhood's over and your house is the drug house, you know, and that's yeah. – you see that as a five-year-old and you don't know what's going on when mama's passed out, you know. Um, and so there's there's cases like that, and – like you said, we we suppress them, mm-hmm. and they come out in our adult years, and we don't realize it. And he came to the conclusion, like I said, the longer we wait to address it, the more of kind of an entanglement. Will Smith, Jade. Ooh, I'm so sorry, I said that and I just immediately <laughs> thought of that. But the more power it has, and the more weight it holds in your life, and that's why, yes, I hundred percent agree with you when you say come to counseling or go to a counselor because they'll help you sift through uh, these emotions and these things going on in this like weird tornado that's kind of been spinning around and they'll slow it down because oftentimes we just need to let it out. And Mm -hmm. then once we're able to let something out, that provides a sense of healing in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. Well, when Chuck, what you were saying about how a lot of times if you don't um, deal with it sooner on or you just ignore it and how you can bring it into your future relationships and it can so easily get passed down to if you have kids to your yeah. future kids because i think a lot of the times um, parents have or people have this trauma that's untreated or they don't want to deal with it so they find other outlets or yes. ways to deal with it mm-hmm. and then it whether they want to or not it inadvertently gets passed on to whoever's around them mm-hmm. including the most impressionable minds if mm-hmm. you have kids um, they're watching like every action you do and everything you say um, and so it can just you can pass on your trauma even unknowingly to the people around you um, when it's not checked and when you don't go th- take the time to really try and go through that healing process mm-hmm. um, like I just think about how many situations that we are people we knew 
were in as kids and things we saw as kids that our parents did just because they couldn't deal with their own trauma or they didn't have mm-hmm. a way to um, start that healing process. And then it just gets passed down genera- generationally, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, what's that saying? <laughs> Generational curse? There's that, but um, like what you do in little amounts, your children will do in excess. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's, I think, yeah, that rings true in life, you know, yeah. because whew, your the kids definitely are, they see everything, dude. They watch everything. I mean, they're the type where, uh, you walk into the room and they'll f- room eyes on you like, what's that thing on your face? You know, it's like they in- they instantly see everything. And it's it's just like, oh, my gosh, it's a pimple that I wasn't trying to bring attention to. <laughs> now you feel terrible. Yeah, yeah. please go <laughs> away. <laughs> you know, but kids are very, um, can see things mm-hmm. and observational. And they just notice everything that's going on around them. So, yeah, what you do uh, in tiny amounts, your children will do in excess. That's And that's not to excuse our actions. Like, we can't just pass yeah. it off and be like, well, it was my parents' fault or someone I knew around me or a family member, the environment I grew up in. So, mm-hmm. I get a pass for mm-hmm. hurting other people or hurting myself. Yeah. That's just not the way I am. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> At some point, one. we have to take action and yeah. take it. Um, Ownership. Take it, ownership, thank you, and accountability mm-hmm. for what we are doing. Yes. But it it is, I don't think it's, there's like a balance between like ignoring it and, well, this is who I am, so I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think too, just something to add on to everything that we just said right now, um, and I think we kind of already touched on it a little bit, but it's the idea that there's some of us that are listening. There's some of us in this room, for instance, probably me, that we, we've we dealt with certain traumas as kids growing up, and we have no idea about them. Yeah. No mm-hmm. idea about them. I was just talking to yep. someone just today that they went in and um, got some counseling on um, ACA, um, adult child alcoholic, and... Mm. They thought they had they there was no issues or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they came back and started talking to me about how the meeting went, and their eyes were like open to all these different tendencies that they do that they never would have thought came from being in ACA. And I was like, that sat. I sat back and thought, started thinking to myself, I wonder how many issues I have, and I have yeah. no idea. About I think them. about that often, <laughs> I, and I get scared. I'm like, is there something like very deep and hidden that I haven't gone? And I've gone to counseling, and I'm like. Dude, I think I think I might have scheduled another session. I want to I want to really dig deep and get get to the root because I feel like there's something hidden in there that I don't yeah. know about. Mm-hmm. The moment you think you've arrived is the moment you lost, dude. Mm-hmm. Like straight up, because um, the longer you wait to really look into and peer into like your soul and your past and your heart, and I've said this before too. It's like it, always remember where you came from. You don't have to relive it. I'm not saying relive your past, yeah. but. Um, the moment you think, oh, I've made it, I'm good, like I'm healthy, I'm super clean, is legit the moment that you're just going to leave a wake of chaos behind oh, yeah. you, you know, especially in if you're starting a family or getting married and you go in with that mentality, ooh, it's going to be a tough one, you know? Yeah. And in the same thing in my life too, Chuck, it's like things that you don't even realize affect you. It's just so suppressed within your life. And especially for major life changing, um, that's completely different from like, oh, uh, my parents were mean to me when I was younger a little bit, you know? So yeah. there's there's just all these different things. But um, I know specifically with, with me, there's this one that's weird, but my 
sixth grade teacher had a heart attack in class. I think I was sharing that story a couple weeks ago before we started, but she had a heart attack in class. And even to this day, to this day, I don't like when my mom is alone Mm -hmm. because I, from that day on, I always thought, oh my gosh, this could happen to my mom. Hmm. It's going to happen to my mom. They're kind of like the same build, the same age and everything. And in my head, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't like it. I remember when I was younger, I'd stay up. My mom's a super night owl, but I would stay up super late because it's like, I'm, I'm going to be up while you're up. Like this, that's what's going to happen. Making sure she's okay. Yeah. And so, um, you take that and then when it's something that's, directly to you you know amplify that times 10 so these yes take ownership take all that stuff but sometimes you need a group of people behind you to really help lift you up and to really help push you in the right direction because something it's hard to take ownership of something that you felt like you had no say in at all when it comes from when it comes from an outside source that maybe isn't a family or maybe it is, you know, either way, but it's really hard to take ownership of something that you really feel you had no part in. Absolutely. And I think there's, I don't know, there's a lot to, to say to that. Um, and then just to anybody who's listening, who has gone through something where it was not you, something was done to you. Mm. Um, and you didn't have a say in it or in everything. Um, it wasn't your fault. It was nothing you did mm-hmm. to cause those things. It is mm-hmm. so terrible. And I know we'll talk about this a little later, but that we live in a sinful and broken world where yeah. people can make decisions um, that we have no part in and mm-hmm. things are done to us that we get no say in and that are harmful. Um, but it doesn't make us any less for the things that we're done to us um mm-hmm. and god still loves us and values us and i know that's it. it's easy to hear and harder easier said than done right it's hard mm-hmm. to believe those things sometimes but um we are not responsible for others actions mm. in that way um in terms of we don't have to god is god's going to hold those people accountable for what they did yeah and then hold us accountable for our own actions mm-hmm a hundred percent. Well, let's uh, kind of talk about that. I guess a pathway to healing, right? Like yeah. how to, so somebody's gone through this or um, maybe they're going through it right now. So what are some pathways um, to healing? Yeah. I mean, for some of the stuff, again, I've, from my personal experience, I've never dealt with something that's like a big trauma to say i've dealt with little mini traumas and what are they so, called little t's little t's i yeah. like that little t's i've dealt with little t's no big t's um <laughs> makes you feel good little t <laughs> 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 um but I, I and a lot of the research that i did getting ready for this one because when dylan sent the notes i was like this is a, a huge topic to talk about and so i wanted to make sure we had or i had stuff that wasn't my own like thinking um and one of the the biggest ones was for those that are dealing with a big T, a big trauma was to get involved with other survivors. Mm -hmm. So whether that's like a a sexual trauma or even like a a, a car accident trauma or whatever that big T, yeah, yeah, death. Um, Actually, I'll take that back. I, um, one of my good friends, I guess that is a big trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my best friends is going through high school. He committed suicide. And that was one of the biggest, like one of the bigger sides of trauma was for those other friends that are around that person a lot, like thinking, who else is 
dealing with those types of things. And it was to be able to get around with other people and get around other people that have gone through the same stuff you were going through and to be able to talk it out and mm -hmm. to be able to have that kind of honest communication, that open communication mm -hmm. about what happened and about how you're feeling. And I think mm -hmm. that's a huge one right there. Yeah, I think that level of commonality mm -hmm. disarms a lot of situations where with everybody else, when you feel you are alone, you have a complete bubble and wall up around you where you and then when you come into the presence of people who are like you, who have commonality with you, it's a little bit easier and you kind of can breathe a little bit easier because it's yeah. like, hey, you uh, not necessarily the same exact situation, but something very similar and you understand this. And so in those moments, it's like when you have those conversations, things get brought to light. And that's one thing that I, I, I saw, too, is that these group kind of therapy uh, for mm -hmm. survivor type of things or people who've dealt with trauma are very good because um, they bring to, to the forefront your emotions, what you're going through. But then also people will say something or ask questions that spark you to maybe think a little bit differently or to see something in a different perspective that yeah. you couldn't have gotten to on your own. And that's ultimately kind of a foundation of, I'm not going to say kind of a foundation. It is a foundation of what um, Christianity is, right? Mm -hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. From the beginning, there is relationship. That's what's ingrained in each and every one of us. So yeah. we always say life was never meant to be done alone. And that's the truth. And when we get there, when we do that with people, it is a lot easier to take on, you know, mm. and it's a lot easier. And maybe they are your moment by moment type of people where it's because sometimes when you're first addressing trauma, sometimes it's like I need people every 24 seven, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. straight up. Yeah. And um, uh, we're millennials feeling like a burden is like the worst thing for us. <laughs> we don't want to feel like a burden. So yeah. um that, but it's so important to have people who back you. And then as time goes on, and go to those group therapy things. Go to um, a counseling session every week with somebody who um, knows what they're doing, knows what they're talking about, you know. And then ultimately, though, let the backbone, because it's so simple. Um, humble yourselves before the Lord, and may he exalt you, and cast all your anxieties on him. Cast all your cares on him. It's ultimately that backbone of everything that's going to surpass all the sessions, all the group therapies, while those are helpful alongside, it's ultimately, hey, God's saying, cast everything onto me. That includes yeah. your traumas. That includes your pains. That includes your joys, your successes. Um, that includes all everything that you're worried about. Cast it all on me because I'm going to take care of you. So alongside with God, it's like there's so many great healthy avenues though, that we can mm -hmm. take to really um, start healing and really start getting into the healing process because ultimately we want to get to a place where um, your past more or less like grows you rather than defines you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so your past becomes something of growth because uh, I think we all believe that he who began a good work, right? It's going to see it through to completion. So it's like God is somebody he, who doesn't say, oh, shoot. <sighs> now that happened. Mm, you're done. Yeah. Dang it. Can't use you anymore. But he's like, no, I started this in you. It doesn't matter what trauma, what pain, what stress is coming your way. I began this in you. And what God says, he means it. So he's going to see it through, you know? Yeah, and I think one thing, I mean, everything you said is spot on. And when it comes back to the idea of like, what are some kind of like practical steps in a way to deal with the healing side of trauma? Um, 
one of the big ones too that I read was, and you said it, and I just want to hit on it some more, is give yourself time. And I think mm. we live again just in the day and age that we live in as millennials, Gen Z, um, wh- whoever's listening to this. Um, we want things done fast and we want things done now. Mm-hmm. And so when trauma comes up, we don't want to take time to have to deal with our issues or deal so with true. the things that we um, are feeling. Mm-hmm. And so we, again, we suppress those and we move on to the side. I'll, I'll never forget the very first time I got my very first accident. Um, that was like one of the big traumas that they, mm-hmm. they talk about. Um, I was 18, just got my license. And uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yep. I was on the highway, crashed my mom's car, shout out mom. And um, <laughs> and I was able to get it home. But I remember going to work the next day and they're like, oh, hey, can you make this delivery um, in the work truck to a company? And I sat in that truck and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like this, like I felt so nervous. And it was a stick shift too. So that was a whole other issue. Ooh. But I was like nervous and I, and I had to tell somebody about it. I was like, I'm just not ready. And they had no idea what was going on. But I, I think that just as, a, as a, an image can be so much bigger in any other traumas that we deal with or bring up that it takes time. We can't rush through those things. Like rush through the healing process? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Do you have something to say? Yeah. No, I was just say it is difficult. So I've gone, I've had a, a fair share of bigger ones and smaller ones. And I think a lot of the small ones well, at least for me or like day to day, just kind of working in my profession. But yeah, it's weird. Like I went through a similar experience when I was was 18 or 19 and I was yeah. on the 91 out in Orange County. Yeah. Oh, I remember and those. I remember I freaking, you know, I got a little fender bender and it was one of those ones too. It was like my first car and it, I like was heartbroken and I felt sad, but it was one of those ones too, where I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm scared to like, I'm mm-hmm. scared to crash again. Or fast forward to this what? is the one that i thought you were going to talk about where are you going right now go ahead the one while i was working oh no oh, no. there's a couple <laughs> ones one. yeah, well, well, the only one. other accident i've really been in is while i've been a police officer and if you think getting in a car accident when you're just driving while you're a police officer representing the city you work for in uniform knowing that you might be liable or the city might be liable to pay out thousands of dollars it's a little bit more traumatic <laughs> and i've been there done that too and it was one of those ones where i was so disappointed i felt so sad, but luckily it was really cool because um, I know I have, a, I have a, I work for a great department. I have great people around me and they were all really consoling. And it was one of those things where I couldn't take that time. I couldn't go, oh, well, I'm just going to take the rest of the day off. It's like, all right, we'll grab another unit and you got to finish out your day. It's mm-hmm. kind of how things go. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Sometimes you have to be kind of pushed along that process a little bit more, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it definitely takes time. But uh, another, I would say thing is, not only spending time with people, just people who love you, but like very, very specific. Like you said, other like survivors, something like that. I had been through a traumatic experience when I was like, when I was 19 again, you know, 19 was a good year. Um, I was robbed at the train station. I remember I just needed people. I I just needed people around me. So I remember I had a hard time healing with that because my life got threatened and it was really scary. And I remember after that, like I had, I went from one train station to another one, just different area of Riverside. My dad worked closer there. And I had my dad. He actually met me after I got home from school at the train station. He's like, you good? And I felt so like, it's a lie. Don't believe it. It's a lie from the devil. It's going to be in your head. You're going to feel weak at times. You're going to feel weak that what you've gone through or what you've experienced is going to make you, you know, you feel less than. And what, like, if you've been through something like that, whether it's a similar situation to me or another traumatic situation, know that you're not weak. Um, it just takes time. It takes time to get to that spot. And those are one of those ones I had to get to. It, it had to have a lot of people around me just, just to talk and to be there and support and love me. 
and it actually felt really good. And well, I would say a more specific specific one with like the little like daily traumas I go through just due to work. Like I'm in a lot of situations other people might think is extremely traumatic. I have to talk to people who are almost identical in very similar to who I am. So I have one friend. He is a very similar temperament. He is also a police officer. He's also um, a Christian, a very strong Christian. So I know I could talk to him because I could be very humble and I could be real and I can bear my soul to him and I won't feel stupid or sad or weird because there's a lot of pride in my profession. I think sometimes guys get a little bit too proud to talk about how they feel. But yeah, having one or two people that understand 100% that's great because you're going to need them and they need you. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And I really like how you brought up the point of, and like just hit it so perfectly on the head about these lies that get put into our heads and that we literally like the devil tells us and that where other people tell us and we just like start to believe in this idea that we're weak or less than right. for things that have happened to us. Um, a lot of the times out of our control mm-hmm. and that you just, when these things happen, we're so conditioned to, to be, um, shameful of it or feel guilt for something. Um, I remember in college when, um, I went through a situation and was just violated and remember feeling afterwards that, that very like shameful, less than not mm-hmm. valued feeling, um, and just being really, and this is so, it's so sad. And I've talked about this before. I've written about it before, but just feeling most that shame, um, by the church, honestly, Mm -hmm. and how like sad and disappointing is that, that it was the place that I felt the least safe because of Mm -hmm. the situation that it was, Mm -hmm. um, the immediate questions of, well, why were you in that situation in the first place or what, you know, why, um, what led up to that? You know what I mean? These, these questions that get asked or this, well, you're not pure now. So, you know what I mean? Just these lies that get told to us. It is, it's, and it's, I just think about other people and who have grown up in church and have experienced, um, I'm sorry if this gets started, but abuse by the church or, um, sexual trauma from people within the church, like people mm-hmm. you think you can trust or your family or whatever, and how church and that community needs to be the safe space mm-hmm. for people who have experienced those things. That shouldn't be the place that we feel like we have to turn from yeah. because it feels too taboo or mm-hmm. it feels too heavy. Um, I know that's definitely how I felt with the community I was with at the time and how sad is it like we as Christians should be the safe space for people to talk to about yeah. those kind of things. And, um, and we should be the one telling people that, like you were saying earlier, Dylan, God still loves you no matter what you have done or what happens. And these lies that we get told are not so are not true whatsoever. Like we should be the ones squashing them for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and how important it is to remember that, you know, the people we encounter in our day-to-day lives, like a lot of times we have no idea what they've been through, you know, what they're going through. So just keeping that in mind with the people we interact with, especially, um, you know, when we're as Christians and when we carry that, that title, um, just carrying, looking for those opportunities to, to be there for people and to be a safe space for people, I think is so important. 
Yeah, I don't know where we went as people, or like when I say this, everybody does this, where we got to this point where it's like we have to uh, pick a side almost. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, the only side that I'm on is like, I'm on God's side. So if there's like an injustice happening, let's get some justice, you know? Let's, uh, let's start having... Uh, instead of putting our preconceived notions on whatever is happening, it's like, well, let's let's talk about this. Like, let's be those people to want to. I'll hear anybody out. You know what I mean? That's why, even in today's world, it's like conversations don't upset me. You know, it's like people thinking a certain way doesn't upset me because if I'm that person, then all I am is just a wall mm. to people. Or uh, some, in your situation, all they are is just like people who it seems like a wall to you. It's like there's no getting through this. Like what? And that's how you felt in that situation and even um, let down, you know, because people decided I need to have some preconceived thoughts and opinions on this. And it's like, well, let's just listen first, you know, where we become people who are um everybody has yeah not just christians it's just christians are held should be held to a higher standard because we follow the one true king you know so uh, we are held to a higher standard so um but we become these people who don't listen very much we like to talk more yeah absolutely i think that's the biggest thing and and probably one of the biggest issues and like hearing hearing your story right now is just like i couldn't help but one just feel emotional but two it's just like I, i i've seen it in my short time of being in church so much. Um, not saying just so much at like new beginnings, but just in general, everywhere, every church. And I think Dylan hit it straight on the head. Is like, I think so many times, especially in church leadership, one, we people want to cover up what's going on so it doesn't get out to anybody else. Um, if we could be completely real, that's just mm-hmm. any human. Um, yeah. and, and secondly, we don't take the time to sit there and listen to actually what is the situation that arose? What is the situation that's happening? Um, why did it happen? And I think that, and, and I think back and I go back to the story of Job um, and his three friends that showed up. Granted, the conversation that happened afterwards wasn't the best conversation, but the, the three friends that showed up and, and were there with him, I believe, seven days. And he just sat there and and was in... Um, in uh, what's the word am I thinking of? Just sadness, I guess, is the best way of saying it. They they were there for him. They didn't even talk. And then that right there, in my opinion, I'm like, that shows what us as Christians, like we should do for those those people that we know, those people maybe we, even we don't know that are going through big T's, little T's, these, these traumas, um, especially if it's coming from the church or if it's even just anything, any kind of trauma really. But I think going back to like what you were saying, Dylan, about being held to like a higher standard as a Christian, it's like, that's how we should act. We have the way we should act. It's the Bible. It's are we doing it, especially when it comes to the, the areas of trauma. Totally. And but even that story of Job, his friends, they seem like they're tight, but they weren't really that tight. (laughs) They did what kind of what Kalise is talking about, where it's like, whoa, it's because you've been sinning. Yeah. What did you do to anger? Yeah. What did you What did you do? Well, and you know what's interesting is that in growing up in the church that I went to, the community I was in, I feel like I was like Job's friends, especially in high school. Mm. Like that really. Well, I grew up a Christian. I've gone to church my life. I am high and mighty. I'm I am better the than you. <laughs> exactly. So, like, what did so like when people come in and they've gone through things, or they're like in high school? I remember I would get so <laughs> upset at people like went to parties and mm. drank because I thought I was so much better than that. Uh-huh. Same. Oh my gosh, I'm right there with you, dude. <laughs> right, and so I would look at or people and be like, "Well, people you... who cussed." I remember I'd be like, "Oh, oh." 
sorry but continue no that is so true because i (laughs) this is gonna oh my gosh this is so dumb but i'm gonna so i didn't like say a single cuss word all throughout until college and i would pride myself on that so i was like i am so good i've never said and then college <laughs> happened and, uh, that went out the window. ucla yeah right but, yeah one bad grade <laughs> <laughs> but um it was those kind of things were like in that environment and and growing up in church the way i did like having these really awful um views of like well i'm so righteous because i don't yeah. do this or mm-hmm these people um you know they're i can't believe they would go to a party and and drink or do this like having those kind of like feigned like why would someone do this i'm not like that you know what i mean and it wasn't until college and and having the experiences that i did and and going through that that really um was like earth shattering and like totally flipped my perspective and i'm glad to have gone through such experiences to be able to that was it was so humbling yeah Mm -hmm. um and to to not have those um those judgments on people and and to really just see people in a new perspective in a new light and really understand you know why people do things or why people choose the outlets they go through and to really try and you know meet people where they're at and not come from a place of righteousness because i think it's as christians it's it's easy to look at something someone does as like, well, at least I'm not doing that. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, I'm better than that person because yeah. I don't have this sin. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, if our pursuit of righteousness is oh to gosh. is to be used just to lord over other yeah. people, that's like a pursuit of yourself. You know, yeah. it's like because the thing is, it's like we're called to pursue righteousness, road of sanctification. You know, mm-hmm. the road to holiness. Um, but when we do that, it's not this idea of I need to do this so I can be better than yeah. Charlie or I could be better mm-hmm. than Kaylee or so I can have that mentality of, Oh, at least I didn't do that. Shoot. <laughs> like, that's great. You know, our pursuit of those things should be because of what Jesus has done in our life, plain mm-hmm. and simple, not because of what other people are doing anything, but yeah, when, when Christians are good at getting in the pursuit of righteousness for yourself type of thing. So that way it's like, when the, when the stone's ready to be cast, it's like, ah, I've been warming up for this. Like, let me get ready. Okay, stone's ready to go. I got it right here. I'm going to throw this as hard as I can at this person, you know? That's just a side note, but. No, for, I think it's just like you want to protect your image like mm-hmm. as Christians. And I look at it more on the side of Christian leadership. It's like you want to protect your image because if you if – you look at yourself as holy and you look at yourself as look at how good I'm doing, Mm -hmm. you're going to have more followers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to have more people on your Instagram that's going to show like, oh, this guy is so holy. Like I want to be just like him. When at the end of the day, it's like, first off, that's completely wrong. That's completely (laughs) false. You need to be pointing everything back to Jesus. Uh But like, secondly, you go back to exactly what you're saying. You're like, I'm ready to cast that first stone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's so bad. Like, but I can catch myself doing that. Yeah, you know, I think we all can. It's we it, that comes out the side of the human side of ourselves where we think and we try to justify ourselves of saying at least I'm not that bad. Mm-hmm. At least at least I only watch porn and I don't have sex. At least mm-hmm. I do this, this, and this, and mm-hmm. they do that, that, and that. And it's like we're we're just condemning or we're setting ourselves up for failure. Is what that is, mm-hmm. right? Well, and to bring it back to. 
um, this idea of trauma. It's like, yeah. you know, why do we have, why do we get into those mentalities and those mindsets of, you know, trying to be better than others or trying to at least like distance ourselves from others? Um, this idea of wanting to be accepted and, and wanting to be loved, like maybe mm. we grew up like not having the attention of our parents or, or of friends or yeah. of in school, we weren't the, I don't know what, whatever the situation is. Um, it's always, those mindsets can always be led back down to, it's just like you said, it's human. It's, we all deal with that. We yeah. all want to, you know, we all want to be loved and accepted and uh -huh. to, we all want to look good <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> to others. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It It's like we were saying earlier, every, everything that we do on a daily basis or what people say to us and what we say to others, it all is, it's so accumulative mm -hmm. and it adds up into um, the mindsets we have and the attitudes we have and, and the actions we do. It all comes together. Yeah. And so it's like within church, you got people who have traumas, never dealt with them who are leading things, creating more traumas. Uh, and then outside of the church, you got these people with traumas, have accumulated them over time and they're just suppressed and they start a family and they have a bunch of kids and now it's like here's all my traumas that i never dealt with and and then in the same way it's like your workforce your boss uh is very business-minded but relationally oh my gosh it's miserable you know it's here's all my traumas and you're totally right we're it's just adding up piling up piling up piling up piling up and the more I, I said it before, but the more we wait, it's like yeah. the more set in stone you kind of are. And that's why I think um, just as our generation in general, um, we have an opportunity. Right. And so does the coming generation of Gen Z, Gen Z, the weirdos. No, nah, I'm just Zoom kidding. The Zoomers. The Zoomers. I love you all. <laughs> um, but fun ones. Like you well, it's actually a new generation, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> but you, we want to get in this pattern almost of like, let's investigate now. Let's sift through this now. Let's go through this now. Because like I said, the longer things are in place, the harder they are to tear down. Mm -hmm. You know, in within church, it's like, what? We're going to take down those fake flowers from the stage? Are oh. you kidding me? Like, what is... We're going to have... A, a RGB light, a colored light, like what <laughs> on stage, you know? And it's those, it's like, there's things like that because you're set in stone and you do things a certain way. And it's like, that's how we got to do it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And at the, at the end of the end of the day, you kind of start, when you start to investigate, you realize what is the reason why I do this? Like, what yeah. is there a reason or what's really going on? You know? And so that's why I think, like I said, it's important to get into those places of healing because, mm -hmm. My traumas, I don't want my traumas to become Kaylee's traumas, Chuck's traumas, um, Jared's traumas, Ben's traumas, you know, or in any message that I speak, it's, um, I, I have to be careful with that. And Chuck too, yeah. you know, it's like, sometimes you get really pointed towards a direction because it's your trauma and your thing and you can't stand it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, whoa, you're, you're speaking on what you want. You know what I mean? You're not yeah. speaking on what. 
I, I, I think too, because like I've heard that so many times is like, especially as, as pastors and preachers, like they will typically focus on the issue that they are, the trauma that they deal with and struggle with the most. But I don't think just in general as speakers and preachers, I think it's just every single one of us that when we're around friends or things like that, um, like for instance, like Kaylee's, like you said, it is like you act, you, you put yourself on a, like a pedestal in a way when other people are doing things, you're like, you're harping on it. Um, and I think it goes in every single one of us. We all have that one niche that we hold on to the most and mm. we will condone anybody else that mm. brings that up or goes against it is that what i should say so i don't think it's just pastors um or mm -hmm. speakers true. that deal with something like that too true and like uh if we don't deal with those traumas then we find everybody else who has those traumas and we're gonna call them oh, out oh yeah that's yes. what we do as human beings i'm not gonna deal with mine but i'm gonna call <laughs> jerry out because he's got it going on and i'm gonna make sure everybody knows what he's I really doing. do <laughs> there's so much i have a list god forbid i deal with my own i'm gonna call jerry out it's a lot easier that way <laughs> <laughs> but i think what's cool too is like at least from my kind of personal experience i think uh I don't think there's nearly enough people that take time to deal with it. Mm. Um, so they just kind of hop on from one thing to the next in every phase of life, just kind of like, oh, grab that and I'll grab that trauma over here and yeah. I, could, I got more room, why not? Mm -hmm. And they don't ever take time to be like, let's unload some of this. Mm -hmm. Let's kind of figure out how to get through this in a, uh, you know, a healthy way. And that's why like, I always tell, you know, <laughs> My rep old age of 27, I don't have too many <laughs> friends that are single anymore, but any friends that I do have that are single, I always tell them like, there's a reason you should take time between dating people. It's because mm -hmm. you, there's little like little T's and sometimes big T's depending yeah. on what they've been through. Mm -hmm. You got to heal from that. You got to like get back to it. There's a lot of like micro traumas uh, that have kind of accumulated over time. And I think that happens with a lot of stuff too. It's like before I got into the relationship I'm in now, I stopped dating for a year. And then now it's like, all right, cool. I'm trying to prepare for the next phase of life. But in that time, I'm also like working on myself to the point where I'm like, cool, I'm working towards getting to this next phase, preparing my heart, you know, going through that with God. But I'm also trying to take care of that stuff because I don't want to bring it to a marriage. Yeah. You know, I want mm -hmm. to kind of work on it. And there's always people, you know, one of my friends, oh, you'll figure it out with the next one. No, you'll be good. Like, I think it's good. Take your time. Take <laughs> yeah. your time. You know, take your time in every single one of those steps and figure it out along the way. Because, yeah, if this is the person God wants for you to get married with, that's fine. You're right. You guys will figure it out. But I also think it's important to take your time and deal with yourself and kind of work on yourself every step of the way, whether it's pre-dating, during the dating phase, or leading up to marriage, or even while you're in marriage. It's a constant cycle. It's like a can kind of compare it to like sanctification. It's a sort of thing that you have to continually work on continually yeah. you know there's some brick well you know let's fix it real quick and then continue to go over and over i think what just even going off of what your buddy would say it's just like oh if you'll work it out with the other one it's like what you're now doing is creating trauma in somebody else's life yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. going back to exactly what we're talking about it's like you you bring other people in it's like I, I don't want to have that burden on my life to know that I affected someone in such a negative way that now they are walking around with certain traumas in their life that they are now going to take and pass off to another person. Mm. That terrifies me. Yeah. Luckily, I'm married now and I can't do that. I just, <laughs> You're just only traumatized Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just one person forever. <laughs> and then there's even the flip side of that, though, where people have those internal realizations, but they're so terrified of that trauma mm. that completely isolate completely get away from people think they're awful think they're terrible 
not like think people are awful, but it's like they're almost afraid of what they can do to people, yeah. right? And that's like a that's not a very good place to be either. And that's a scary place to be personally, if I'm being honest. And we I think we can all get into modes like that, but um, that's I think if anybody's listening who's feeling that way, I would encourage to get some group counseling and uh, or individual counseling Mm -hmm. or just a team of people whom you can trust so you can start unpacking it and like jerry said like unloading some stuff instead of just picking up more and more and more so absolutely and we've said this in multiple podcasts and i just love that we reiterate it because it is so important it is okay like go get counseling go get therapy like just to keep breaking the stigma of it because we all need it and no matter who we are what stage of life we're in all of us would do some good so mm-hmm. <laughs> go um talk to someone and yeah. you know someone hopefully wiser than us and everything and i love how jerry put it that um it's a process it's a continual process there's never going to be a day where we're going to wake and be like ah oh, okay yeah. I think I I'm fixed now. I'm fixed. <laughs> All I'm my good. trauma has been dealt with. I am all right, God. Now what for the rest of my life? Yeah. Like, we're just gonna pick up th- like things are gonna happen to us as we get older. And there's different kinds of traumas mm-hmm. as we get older and as we deal with different phases of life. Um, you know, I think about that as getting older with our parents and our loved ones as they get older and I've never had to experience the death of a loved one close to me um yet. But knowing that will happen and knowing some things in life are just inevitable, like sickness, death, um, things that like car accidents or yeah. I don't know, what have you, just knowing that those those things are going to come. But like Jerry said, if we're constantly working on ourselves, if we're fine tuning, if we're talking to the people we love around us, we'll be okay and we'll be in a p- better position when things happen. Um, the more we work on our relationship with God, and the more we just talk to him daily, we're putting ourselves in a much healthier mindset when for dealing with past things, but also preparing ourselves for future yeah. mm-hmm. traumas that are inevitable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think um, in moving forward in this conversation, because I think this part will take a little bit of time, but what about like the always ask question, okay, where was God at? Hmm. Like, What's up with that? in this moment of disaster or in this uh, moment of trauma or in this uncontrollable thing that happened, why would, where was God at? How does that mean God cares for me? You know, let's hear it. Let's hear some thoughts. Let's start off with the pastor. (laughs) Let's go. It's, it's funny. Okay. Let me rephrase. It's not funny. Um, I think, a lot of time, <laughs> I think a lot of times we, we ask that question of where is God at, at in the midst of my trauma, in the midst of my tragedy. And there's moments where I've asked that question, like, God, where were you in that moment? And it, it's not a, I like saying this word, but it's not a sexy answer for what I like lean on. <laughs> and at the end of the day, and Kaylee's already brought this up, um, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where other people's decisions affect us in a positive and a negative way, ones we don't know, ones we do know. And I think a lot of times when certain issues arise or certain traumas come up in our lives, it's at the end of the day, and it's not ask, uh, answering the question of where was God at in the middle of it, um, but it kind of gives, at least for me, it gives me clarity of like, at 
God's not up in heaven with lightning bolts striking us down because of a sin or because of we curse at somebody, but instead it's there's we live in a fallen world, but we also live in a world that has free will and other people's free will at the end of the day can affect us in a negative way. And so when those moments have come up at the end of the day, it's not God. But it, but I, the other thing that I love to, to throw in there too is um, how God will use everything bad or everything negative that happens in our life for his will. Um, I think of the story of, um, of Joseph when he gets sold into slavery, goes through all the other craziness. And at the end of it, his brother, his brothers are sitting there looking at him as he's the, the, not the Prince of Egypt. Yeah. The Prince of Egypt over, not, I don't remember something in Egypt, but he's in the palace. He's like the he's second, second in command. Second yeah. in command. Um, and he says to them, you did not meet, um, God used what you meant for evil for good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I look back at that story, I think to myself, man, that's so crazy to think that in the midst of our trials, in the midst of those moments where we're like, God, where are you? He's there. Mm-hmm. He's right there with you. And he's going to use that trial. He's going to use that, that trauma to further you, to grow you, to strengthen you in the midst of everything. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, to take it back to the beginning, because you talked about the fallen world, it's like, where was God at in this trauma? Where was God at when this would happen? <clears throat> so what's interesting is that God created us in the very beginning to be an extension of his reign, like an extension of his arm, uh, to rule over the earth you know that's that's putting a lot of trust and a lot of power and a lot of importance as it were it says in the bible that we're just a little bit lower than angels which is crazy that's that's pretty wild so you do this and you can see from the beginning it's okay god created us and never meant to control us he wanted us to rule over the earth that's that's a large investment to put in and that's um, a lot of trust like i said so one, God uh, never put us here so he could control us. Um, and then alongside with that, because we decided to go away from God's original yes. plan. So therefore, we brought chaos, disorder, and things um, into this life. Because all that is is saying, hey, God, I know you know everything, but I know this, you know? Yeah. And so with that, um, brought in chaos and disorder and disease and sickness and lying and shame and the reason why we don't um, move forward in traumas. It all started right there, you know. And so some people are like, "Well, why didn't why didn't God stop this? Why didn't that happen?" Yeah. You know. And that seems like a fair like, oh, maybe I don't know. But I think um, I thought of this when I was thinking about it is. The new show, WandaVision. I don't know if you guys have watched it or not. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I'm just going to tell you everything that's going on. If you're listening to the podcast oh, right now wow. and you have not watched it and you want to, just turn it off. <laughs> Take my ears <laughs> off for this one. <laughs> but what happens is she's uh, the Wanda, the main person in the show, is dealing with this insane amount of grief. And so she creates this whole false reality where she controls every single little thing Every person, every action, every thought, every movement, everything, she has this bubble where she's controlling everything. And so in it, um, they find a way to like kind of unhinge them from it. And the people are miserable. They're just being controlled, no autonomy, nothing at all. And so I think when people like to say, well, why didn't God stop? I think God, um, he can intervene and do things, right? But he's not this this control everything every moment every movement every thought every action everything 
because that's not love for one. Mm-hmm. That's not relationship. That's if you're in a relationship like that, you know just how badly you don't want that, <laughs> you know? And so he's not, uh, I'm going to control Dylan's arm movement today and Chuck's what he's going to think about. That's not love. That's not anything yeah. at all like that. And so a lot of things in our world are caused because of human beings. Yeah. Are caused because people can be awful. And the only way that people can move outside of that is to displace themselves from themselves and allow God to work into their life. And I think the same thing with, like you said it too, Chuck, like these natural disasters and things going on and disease, like it wasn't the original intent exactly for creation. But um, I think God has created things in place, but it's not like, you know what? I'm going to move and I'm going to destroy this continent right now. That's, that's what I'm going to do, you yeah. know? And in the, in the old Testament, he, he used some people to get rid of some sin, you yeah. know, but be after Jesus came and became the ultimate sacrifice, God didn't go back that route, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of my answer to the, that, so to speak. Before I get, get my real answer, uh, if you're not Christian to hear this, I'm sorry, but that's this is like a pet peeve of mine. I hate, and even from Christians, it's like they always, and if an all loving and all powerful God, <laughs> it's always like, oh, well, we're gonna go down that route. But my real answer, um, I'm gonna go with another another Bible story if I could speak correctly today. <laughs> another, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or mm. Shadrach and Benny, if you grew up on Veggie Tales like me. Um, <laughs> where was God? He, you know, there's this whole song written. I think that's really made this, you know, story more famous. See, I'm glad Dylan did instead of me because I can't <laughs> sing. But yeah, I think God is right there um, with you through this whole um, traumatic experience or experiences or events. And not to say that he's like sitting there kind of watching you, but he is with there with you every step of the way. So um obviously people's free will yes that's 100 percent um god's not going to be like oh i'm going to send this guy to ruin chuck's entire life by doing this things happen people make choices which affect other people there's cause and effect that kind of go into it but god's with you the entire step of the way and i think a big lie that i believed for a long time was the trauma that i experienced whether self-induced or happened to me um i thought it caused separation between me and god and the only person that caused separation between me and god was me Mm-hmm. I'm the only person that pushed God away and cause I felt sad and angry and hurt. And I wanted, I wanted to do things my own way and I want to take things in my own hand. And I thought, you know, God wasn't there with me in that whole thing. However, he was kind of sitting there like, I'm right here. I'm right here. And, and if anything, he was, you know, hoping that I would reach out and call to him because that's really what he wants. Uh, at the end of the day, he wants us to call out and to reach out to him and, um, for us to rely on him. So, yeah, I think that's really, really big. He's never too far away. He's he's right there with you. He's right there with you in the middle of all the traumatic events. And if you make the right decision, which I desperately urge you to after listening to this, if you're going through trauma or if you are, have experienced trauma, reach out to God now rather than later because mm-hmm. it makes things so much better. Yes. He wants to help. He wants to help us. And mm-hmm. I think reaching out to God because this is something – I struggled with when when posed with the question of, you know, how can bad things, how can God let bad things happen? I think the 
the way I kind of got through that the best was by having um, um, maybe not so like proper prayer conversations with God, <laughs> but more so really like at, it looked like yelling at times and it looks mm. like, God, like, why are you letting this happen? Why do you mm -hmm. let this happen to people? Why do these people have to experience this? Like, why, why just that question of why and just really um you know letting god have it sometimes he's mm. he's big he can take <laughs> he mm -hmm. can you know he wants us to have those conversations with him and it's not all like you know everything's great and we're happy all the time like he wants us to go to him in those moments of angst and sadness yes. and despair like mm -hmm. he wants it he wants to hear it all um and i think what helped me get through that question and just wrestling through it honestly um is wrestling and i think of when the image of um jacob wrestling with god i think that just it gets to me more than anything else because it it lets me know that it's okay to ask these things and it's okay and if you're having that thought of or if you really are struggling with the you know why god do does x y and z happen like why do bad things happen um that's okay. And you're not a bad Christian for asking or for having doubts or for wanting yeah. to to find more answers. And I think what's hard is sometimes there isn't an answer for things. Um, there's not an answer for why something bad happened to us. Um, there's not always an answer for that yeah. sometimes. And I think we want the answers. Uh -huh. And so we want to put blame on things. Uh -huh. And I think God's an easy thing to put blame on. <clears throat> because he's he's so far away and like you know what it's like god made the world and he made everything so clearly he created all of this bad stuff mm -hmm. but i think dylan what you said is so important the that wasn't the intent yeah. that god is all good and all loving and that can't coexist um so he he isn't the reason for the bad things that we experience or the bad things that happen in this world um all of that to say it's it's okay to ask questions. God can handle our uh, conversations with him. Um, he wants us to have those conversations. And I think what's such a great, and I think something that we tend to forget is that Jesus endured the ultimate trauma on yeah. the cross. He went through the most horrific death, the weight of the world's past, present, and futures, entire sin upon him, um, to me, that is the ultimate trauma, and he went through that and endured that mm. for us um, to and take that said, on for God, us. God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. He's done what we've all done. God, what the heck, dude? Exactly. What are you doing? Why would you let this happen? Like There's... Jesus himself asked that. Jesus did God. it too. So all of it, like God, like you were saying, God is with us. He He has experienced trauma for and can relate to us in the situations and is there for us like everything mm -hmm. jesus went through on earth you know all those emotions he experienced all of the um situations he experienced are you know we can have comfort in the fact that he knows what we're going through mm -hmm. he was a hundred percent human a hundred percent eat all those things he experienced i mean you don't think jesus experienced that just a hundred percent human a hundred percent man a hundred percent god there we go oh but my god he was a hundred percent man a hundred percent man and <laughs> jesus went through it all i guarantee uh, you 
Jesus woke up at two, three in the morning and was like, man, I'm hungry right now. And he probably <laughs> had those. He didn't have Miguel's or Del Taco, but yeah. But he probably no. had that experience of after you eat that Del Taco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird thought to think about, but it's also, it's real. Like God, yeah. as I understand, he experienced all those emotions. He got, you know, he was let down by things. He was upset. He probably, you know, he got angry. Like with, mm-hmm. those are all the great things. So it, it's good. And even, you know, I've had many of those those real conversations, real conversations with God. And yeah, no, I'm not encouraging anybody to like scream or yell at the heavens. However, um, Sometimes I think it helps. I think you should keep it real with God. I mean, cause it's like, you don't have to oh father who art in heaven. It's, you should be like, Hey God, like I say, I, I want to talk to you right now. I need to talk to you or just keep it real. <laughs> yeah. Keep it real with God. I think he'll appreciate it because you try to sugarcoat your, your prayers, your, just be real. Keep it authentic. Be 100%. I think God, uh, he sees our hearts and he appreciates that. Mm-hmm. He knows what we're thinking anyways. We might yeah. as well just say it. Yeah, it's, yeah, not like, it's not like he doesn't know what's going yeah. on up here. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and I think just to cap it off, and we'll close on this, but um, as Christians, we don't believe in these things that are temporary, you know? Um, everything on this earth, we believe, is something that will pass, right? We believe it is an eternity uh with god forever and ever that goes past this physical body and so when you're able to put that mindset onto things temporary comforts and things and and stuff that happens while they are tough and they traumas are tough and you get through it you can always look forward to that hope because that's ultimate hope right and i think as christians though we need to be better at displaying that because it's funny it's We've seen it this past year. It's like there's some comforts that are temporary comforts that we've seen Christians ready to go up in arms for. And it's like, what are we, what, (laughs) you know? And so I think we need to be people who are just like, when things happen, it's like, well, you want me to freak out when the God of the universe is on my side? Yeah. No. <laughs> like that's that's a hard no. It's gonna be a pass for me. It's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like that uh that meme where that guy's walking out to his home and you like is stopping him from walking out. It's like we don't do that around here. You know. <laughs> we need to. Be, yeah. We need to become people. Who are, we don't just talk about it. It's like oh, we actually live this out. You know. Yeah. But we'll close on that. Kaylee, thanks for being here. Always happy to be here. Jerry, thanks for being here. Tell somebody you love them. That's, yeah, that's good. That's Even good. reach out to somebody. Uh, Chuck, thanks for being here. Of course, bro. My name is Dylan Del Campo. This has been good. Hopefully, we made some sort of sense <laughs> um, at all. This one was a, a good one. This one was a definitely some something to think about rather than like you can't just show up and be like yeah what's going on (laughs) but we love you guys this has been the still loading podcast remember to subscribe leave a review on apple podcasts share it with somebody um and i really hope ultimately this brings healing and brings you closer to jesus we'll see you guys later